Greetings fellow captains and welcome back to Rank Amateur. I am back once again, totally slammed with school and work, but I am back for a hopefully what's going to be a decently short episode on the British Tier 10 non-premium heavy cruiser HMS Goliath. I have been really enjoying playing this ship. It's just, it's fantastic in my opinion. Um, and... <laughs> In addition to that, we do have some interesting news and in World of Warships to go over, so without further ado, let's get straight into this episode. Alright, so before we get to the rest of this episode and Goliath's feature, we're going to get into the news and World of Warships, and boy, has there been a bunch. Um, so, don't think I went over update 11.0 uh, in my uh, previous episode. So, I will in this episode, and since most of you have been playing since 11.0 went live, I'll just give a crash course to everyone who maybe doesn't play World of Warships that often, or, you know, just... Uh, needs a bit more detail. So basically, Pan-Asian Cruisers, Part 1, Pan-Asian Cruisers, um, they're discount, not even discount, they're just ex-light cruisers of every nation in the game, pretty much. It's British, American, and Soviet light cruisers that are, yeah, some Soviet light cruisers that are in this branch, and they start at Tier 5, so you do have to play tier f up to Tier 4 in the Soviet, or not the Soviet, the Pan-Asian Destroyers, which at low tiers are actually very good. At high tiers, they're garbage. I brought, I brought back the Sen Yang and the Spirit of the Pan-Asians coming back and realized how garbage that tier 8 destroyer is. Like, it's like, it's an American destroyer. I'm sure most of you know us already, like, yes, Jaden, we know what it is. It's an American destroyer with deepwater torps, less, uh, or deepwater torps that can't hit destroyers, less DPM, less health, and just not, it's just not as good. It's just... It's literally a worse American destroyer. I don't know how those things are still in the game and not buffed. Plus, the, uh, the torpedoes have more than a two-minute reload time. They are super slow, don't do that much damage, and they're just terrible. The only thing they have going for them is the lowest detection in the game. Well, second lowest by Nasatio. Um, they're just they're just garbage. They're just really bad. And yeah, so I'm going to have to end up selling it again and losing credits and everything, so... Oh well. Next line I think I'm doing is going to be Japanese gunboat destroyers, though, so that might be exciting. Because most of the ships there are actually real, so, you know, lots of history there. Anyways, back to the Pan-Asian cruisers. They do actually look decent, except none of them. Well, okay, only two of them are actually real, so that's um, not even as good as the Dutch cruisers. Remember, there's four of them in the Dutch cruisers line that are real, the Tier 1s through Tier 4. Only the Tier 5 and 6 are real. Uh, there is a Ditto class here, though, which is cool. And for those of you who don't know what the Ditto class is, it was a... Uh, it's a British light cruiser, like, it's an analog to the Atlanta class, except British, and it's pretty good. Except, um, it's Pan-Asian now, and it's it did exist as a Rahmat, uh, Malaysian uh, ship, so I think it's the first Malaysian ship in World of Warships, but basically they're just a line of Smolensks with deepwater torps and, uh, high tiers, I think tiers 8 through 10 or 9 through 10, you get the torp reload booster and just a bunch of torpedo tubes. So yes, they're, they're just really big destroyers is what they are. They have the worst armor, the worst health pools in the game, uh, for tech tree cruisers. And I think the tier 10 actually, if you put survivability expert on 
The Elbing, I think it might actually have more health. The Elbing having more health than the Tier 10 Cruiser. Um, so yeah, so basically you got uh, a Therensia class, I think is how you pronounce it, um, at Tier 5, Ditto class at Tier 6, a Discount Atlanta at Tier 7, a Soviet thing at Tier 8, don't know what it is, a Atlanta with Montana, uh, Virgin, Montana secondaries as their main guns, at tier 9, and at tier 10, you have a discount Austin without the main battery, reload booster, or the, um, or the sap. Yeah, and they're just in early access. The dragon port is updated. The lighting's really strange, but it looks cool in general. Although, I wish the dragon was, like, a fire dragon rather than a water dragon, like it was in, uh, previous Chinese, uh, or previous Lunar New Year event, but they are changing it back down to, like, correct the lighting down to being a little bit more darker so the colors don't just look super bad on your ships, especially if you have a lighter color camouflage like my DZP has. Um, asymmetric battles, uh, more on that in a sec, we'll come back. <laughs> Rental super ships um, in random battles, and really, I thought they were going to be super overpowered, but they really aren't. I mean, I have hardly seen them. No one's playing them because you can't make a profit off of them, and they're just... The battleships are uh, HE fodder, and the cruisers, I mean... Petro exists. Petro's probably a super ship, or Petro is a super ship in itself, so it's the counter to these cruisers. They're really not that great. I mean, the Conda, if you're broadside to it, you'll die, but that's the same with any battleship, so yeah. I mean, except the Conda can do it to a battleship rather than just to another cruiser, but I guess the Petro can do that too, and the Petro's a tech tree ship. The Yamagiri and the Zorki, hardly seen them ever. Not to, Zorki's not even that good for a super ship. I think there's some tier 10s that are better than the Zorki. And the uh, Yamagiri's just a Shimakaze on steroids. Division stars, pretty awesome. Earn rewards for being in the, in the division and playing with each other and stuff. I like it. Submarines, uh, they're, they're not here anymore, which is cool. Brawls, eh, kind of neat. Played him once or twice, kind of got bored with it. Uh, aircraft, they changed the fighter health pools. Uh, basically, they have just standardized it, so whether it's increasing it or reducing it, it's just less complicated. Incomparables and armory, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Uh, but with asymmetric battles, some interesting news has come out. I don't know if you guys are a follower or followers of the Mighty Jingles um, on YouTube. He is the biggest World of Warships YouTuber out there, and my personal favorite. And he featured a replay in which a incomparable was in a asymmetric battle. And what an asymmetric battle is, is you have up to eight tier 10, or I think it's up to seven or eight tier 10s uh, in a battle facing up to 12 um, like lower tier ships. You got your uh, eights and sevens. Uh, tiers 8 and 7. And it normally is kind of an interesting game mode. Usually the tier 10s still win, at least in my experience. Uh, just because the tier 10s, there's such a gap between tiers 9 and 10, tiers 8 and... Or, yeah, tiers uh, 8 and 7 and 9 and 10. But, um, I mean, it's an interesting game mode. It's pretty fun because it's... Especially for the lower tier HE spammers, it's awesome because you get these giant lumbering battleships. And also these huge battleship guns often overpenetrate those smaller light cruisers at the bottom tiers, and the concealment on the lower tier destroyers is also is usually until you get to two ten better. In certain cases, it's it you know varies by tech tree. Anyways, so they found out that everyone wanted to play the lower tier ships because the reason is 
At lower tiers, you get an XP booster for shooting a higher tier ship. So, like, if I was shooting a same tier ship, I would get, like, there would be no XP modifier. But if I'm shooting a higher tier ship, like, let's say, a one tier higher, usually there's, like, a 1.5 times XP modifier. You get more XP for shooting at the higher tier ships and getting shot at by the higher tier ships. And then for two tiers higher, it's, like, 1.75 or something like that. Don't know the exact numbers, but just know it's there. So everyone plays lower tiers because they all want that XP modifier. In fact, asymmetric battles is a, an amazing way to earn lots of credits, especially if you have a strong ship like me at tier 7, like like the Huga, which is amazing in asymmetric battles. I love that thing in asymmetric battles. Um, everyone plays it to earn credits. You earn massive amounts of credits to this. And no one plays tier 10s because you're earning less XP for shooting at lower tier ships. An XP uh, curve for less XP is not as steep. It's like 0.95 and, or something like that. Don't don't know what it is, but it is there. And so no one wants to play that, even though you just ruffle stomp the enemy team usually. Like if a, if a cruiser shows you broadside in a Yamato, like a tier 7 cruiser, it is lights out. Like they're just back to port usually, unless you overpin, which happens. Um... Yeah, so no one's playing that, so the the matchmaker is struggling to fill out matches, so it just fills them with bots. So this incomparable replay, his whole team is bots, and the team on the other side is all players. And, and Wargaming didn't think to, I don't know, like, test this, to figure this out, and I don't know if they've done this, be I think they've done this before, and I don't know if there were similar results, or if it's just a weird thing going on with the player base right now, but... The the funny thing, actually, I'm not going to spoil this replay. You have to go watch it. It's, it just shows you how overpowered the incomparable is. But still, and this happened to me a lot. There there were some times when the whole enemy team was bots. Like, it wasn't even just, like, some parts of the enemy team were bots. It was the whole part. The whole enemy team were bots. So I was, I was thinking, because I, I usually don't look at player usernames. I just look at what ships I'm facing. So I'm in my Hyuga, and like the team's just pushing so hard, and we're killing them super easily. I'm like, this is this is way too easily. So I look at the team list, and I realize that they're all bots. They're all bots. So I was like, well, no wonder why the Gordon Leo was giving me broadside, and I popped my main battery reload booster, was able to get two salvos in, and just essentially almost death strike them. Not quite, because it was two salvos, but still. Like, yeah, no player, or well, I shouldn't say that no player would do that, because we know, we know that there are players out there like that, but there, there are very few players out, that who, out there who would be that stupid. So, yeah. Wargaming has since realized their mistake and, and just disabled asymmetric battles for the time being, so now I can't get tons of XP from shooting bots in a glorified co-op battle. It was awesome while they, when they didn't realize it. It was awesome, because you, essentially you're playing co-op with random battle rewards, if, if not more than random battle rewards. It was just amazing. It was amazing battle mode. Until you got the one match where you had all the enemy uh, team was players who were dedicated, and um, you get ruffle stomp because your team's a bunch of idiots and just rushes up the middle and gets crossfired by a Salem and a Stalingrad happened to me and then i sat there trying to push up the flank in my dzp going huh where did my team go and yeah that you you can tell how that ended anyways um yeah in other news um what other news yeah there's really not that much uh the dillion or the lion is in the uh premium shop it's just a premium pan-asian cruiser soviet 
basically a Smolensk. That's pretty much all it is. Uh, it says, it's a variant of a small light cruiser project developed in the USSR. The ship's armed with 10 rapid-firing 130mm guns with high-velocity shells. Unlike researchable Pan-Asian cruisers, the launched four triple-tube torpedo launchers are equipped as standard torpedoes instead of deep-water kind. Powerful AA defenses and good concealments are among the primary advantages of this ship. The cruiser has access to a variant of the smoke generator consumable with a reduced cooldown time and a repair party. It really does feel like I've seen this before. I just can't remember where I've seen this. I feel like I've seen this, but just at a different tier in a different tech or a different nation. I really do. I feel like I've seen it. I feel like I've seen it. Oh yeah, that's right. It's a Smolensk. It's a literally a rebranded Smolensk. That is that is what I've seen of it so far. Just a rebranded Smolensk. It's a cash grab by Wargaming. Okay, well, it's not a total cash grab because it's not just a repaint of an existing ship, but, like, yeah. It's a it's a Chinese Smolensk is what it is. Um, so, uh, the, the next thing I want to go over in news, the last thing, actually, is the Lunar New Year event. Um, a little late. Lunar New Year was six days ago, but, you know, we'll... We'll stick with the theme. Uh, so it's Year of the Tiger, and they're bringing back some, uh, I guess, much sought-after ships in a lot of the player base, especially those people who don't have them. That is the Dragon Ships. I haven't seen these things in, I think, two years it's been? Three years, maybe? I forget when they last released them, but they don't release them every year, and they're really cool-looking. They're just rebranded Miyokos. Okay, I get that. I know that. Before you get on your ang- get an- all angry and go to your emails and smash out an email on your keyboard and send it to me saying, oh, it's just a rebranded Miyoko. Why would you ever spend money on that? Well, it's because it looks cool, okay? And I like it. Freaking leave me alone, okay? Just because I like my dragon ships doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Yeah, but anyways, they're bringing them back, and they're in these uh, little packs that cost uh, 8,950 doubloons. Uh, they're available for four more days at the time of this uh, episode, and I I went out and bought one because I really have wanted a Southern Dragon, and every time I see one, I just look at it and say, oh, yes, I really, really want that ship. But um, it hasn't been available for a really long time, and every time it's available, I'm usually doing something else and forget about it, and then don't buy it. And because it's in the middle of the school year, and this is around exam time, and I'm usually just so stuffed it with exams that I don't have time to even look at the World of Warships website. But yes, I actually had time this year for like two seconds, so I got home from work and then went out and spent $35.20 and redeemed my Southern Dragon. Yes, I Miyoko's an amazing ship, uh, at least I think it's an amazing ship. It fits my playstyle perfectly, and this Southern Dragon camouflage is spectacular. Plus, you get your Dragon Commander. Um, what else do you get? Uh, you get... Oh, man. Yeah, so you get a bunch of 20 uh, Lunar Warrior camouflages, 20 Dragon Signals, and uh, a mission that for 30 days after the purchase of the ship uh, results in a 200% XP bonus, which is nice. Um, and yeah, you get these Dragon Commanders and, of course, the ship. And it is a rebranded Miyoko, so like if you want to just take the camouflage off for a game, the, the uh, Emperor's Flower appears on the bow, 
or on the forecastle, and the Japanese flag does reappear. So yes, it is just a permanent camouflage for a Miyoko, but it's awesome. And it glows like neon in battle. If any of you have ever seen these things, it is the coolest looking camouflage in the game, in my opinion. So you got Southern Dragon, which is like a fire, fire dragon. It's the Southern Dragon god in Chinese folklore. I'll, I'll, I'll go over it in its own episode. But yes, it looks very cool. And then you got the Eastern Dragon, which is like the blue one. And it also looks very cool, except I think the Southern Dragon looks cooler, so that's why I bought it. But yeah. So just know that that's going to be able, available for four more days. And then you got the Lunar New Year containers, which you can get all the or six Japanese pre or not Japanese Chinese premium ships or not Chinese uh, Pan Asian because not all of them are Chinese but yes Pan Asian dragon ships yes Pan Asian ships um you can get the Irene the Huang He the Fen Yang and Shan Silowangi and Lo Yang and I'm Americanizing the pronunciation of those I know it's not right I'm sorry uh and you can also get permanent camouflages for all of them and other things you can get a 10-point commander, uh, camouflages, 750 doubloons, which is the cost of the container, uh, 8 days of premium, 20,000 free XP, and just a bunch of camouflages, which uh, you have a 15% chance of getting the camouflages, and a 25% chance of getting 14 Lunar Warrior camouflages, and for the ship, oh yeah, the ship is a 5% chance. Uh, and the camouflages, the permanent camouflages for the ships are a 9% chance. Yeah, so at least you're disclosing the chances of you getting it, and so you can see that there's like basically no chance of you getting it. But it's better than the Santa containers, better than a lot of the Santa containers, so that's cool. But anyways, let's get into HMS Goliath. So HMS Goliath, it's the Tier 10 British Heavy Cruiser. Quite frankly, an amazing ship. I really do love this ship. I've had many good games in this, although my written rate is terrible because, you know, weekend matchmaking it's a lot of fun not really but i myself have been doing very well in this ship i think i average around like 100 105k damage in this ship like this is this is my perfect play style ship it's amazing um no history to speak of here it was an applicant sketch in the 1930s uh proposal designed to counter the japanese b65 proposal which is basically uh, the b65 is the yoshino in the game um yeah, so it was a napkin sketch. Uh, 234mm guns were seen with success on British monitors in World War One, so they thought, eh, maybe we'll put them on heavy cruisers. And then the British Admiralty's like, yo, we need to, like, you know, build tanks and stuff. And they're like, well, or, or we could build heavy cruisers and fight in the Pacific. And like, or we could build heavy cruisers that we're already building or that we've already built and just focus on modernizing those so we can, not, we can save money for our armies that are fighting in Europe. And they're like, okay... And um, also because Britain abided by treaty regulations at the time of this design proposal, so they're basically like, no, we're not going to take it right now because we're being nice and abiding by a treaty that no one else is abiding by, which, you know, is not good for your military when you're restraining yourself and everyone else isn't. Tends to be kind of bad for your military when you do that, but you know what? We'll just ignore that. And quick side note, I did free XP the Drake and the Albemarle crash course on the Drake. It's literally seems to be just a small Goliath. Yeah, so just kite and you'll be fine. Um, and the Albemarle, just free XP it, don't even bother. It's awful. The ship has 203mm guns that take about a year and a half to actually hit their targets. Uh, long reload, bad DPM, um, terrible armor. Armor that's decent, but like 
it's got a really big step citadel and the transom stern, and it's just it catches citadels. It it's just not good. It I I had good games in it, but like it was really frustrating to play. Every game I had in the Albemarle was frustrating, just to the anemic guns, the bad reload. The heel was nice, but it's just the armor is not great. The speed's not great. Torps are okay. Eh, just it's free XP. It, the, the armor is so frustrating on that ship. Just free XP it. Okay, don't save yourself the aneurysm and just free XP it. Anyways, so I free XP'd that up to the Goliath, and I am really enjoying it. Just like the Surrey, I'm really enjoying it. But without further ado, let's get into the stats. So you're gonna have four the three or four turrets of three guns each with your uh, 234 millimeter 50 caliber Mark seven guns. You're gonna have a base range of 16.8 kilometers. It's not terrible. It's certainly not great. It's not as bad as the likes of Des Moines though or uh, Wooster. Reload time's gonna be an atrocious 18.5 seconds. The rate of fire is, yeah, is. You know, that comes out to three shots a minute. It's, it's, it really does need to be 18 seconds, though. If it was less than 18 seconds, uh, yeah. No, if it was less than 18 seconds, the ship would be so overpowered. It's, it's basically a British Venezia, kind of. It needs to have a long reload, because, yeah, it, you'll find out why. So, you're going to have uh, an amazing 180 degree turn time of 18 seconds. This is amazing. Because you fire off one side of your ship, by the time your guns turn around, they, your, your guns won't actually be reloaded. So yes, it's amazing. I, this One of the best parts of the ship, actually, you can kind of fire off both sides of the ship without punishment uh, to your DPM. So, uh, the accuracy is, it does seem to be a lot more consistent than the lower tier British heavy cruisers, which makes sense. Uh, you have a 149 meter dispersion, which I believe is pretty decent, and that's, I think that's right around the average. I don't have the numbers in my head right now. Uh, that's, uh, vertical, or that's horizontal. Vertical, you have 90 meter dispersion with a 2.05 sigma, which is pretty good. Right, that's above average. Uh, 234mm HE6 CRH is going to be the shell you're firing, which is a raw DPM of, uh, eh, eh, not so great, 149,000. That's really not good. But, um, the Alpha here, it relies on Alpha, it's more of a battleship than it is a, or a battle cruiser than it is a heavy cruiser, or a large cruiser, whatever you want to call it, it's the in-between a heavy cruiser and a battleship. Um, maximum damage on each shell is going to be a pretty good 3,850. Yeah, that's very good actually. Almost 4,000 damage on a, on a heavy cruiser with your high explosive. Yeah, and you got 12 guns. Good, very good. Uh, initial shell velocity is 841 meters a second, which is which is decent. It's actually pretty good um, for a Allied cruiser. Generally, Allied cruisers have lower velocity shells, except for the French. Um, yeah, it's it, like I said, it's a much Im uh, uh, a much improvement. I can't English today. Yes, but it's a it's a huge improvement over the uh, Albemarle, which I think is like 802 meters a second velocity, or like 792, something like that. It's atrocious. But yeah, so that's why you free XP that ship. Uh, the weight's going to be a hefty 185 kilograms. Uh, depth explosion is 3 meters. The HE penetration is an absolutely amazing 59 millimeters. Yes, you can pen every battleship's deck except for the Kremlin. The Kremlin has a 60 millimeter deck. 
<laughs> so this, that was done on purpose by Wargaming for Russian bias. There's no way they didn't do that not knowing that. They would have just given it a round number like 60 millimeters, and then you'd be able to pen the, uh, the decks of the Kremlin. But, you know, you just can't do that because it's Soviet ship. It's immune to all sources of damage, except for torpedoes. Uh, but it doesn't matter because you can just set them on fire with your 24% fire chance. Yeah, you heard that right. 24% fire chance on a heavy cruiser. It's amazing. Uh, which means you'll have a 96.3% chance of fire per salvo. The AP is garbage on this ship. It has a 223,784 uh, damage DPM. Uh, the maximum damage is kind of an anemic 5,000. Uh, I feel like it should be more on this ship, but it, it's not. Um... Initial shell velocity is identical at 841 meters a second. The shell weight is 185 kilograms, also identical. Ricochet angles normal, you're 45 degrees to 60 degrees. Uh, overmatch is 16 millimeters. Yes, you can overmatch your fellow British heavy cruisers and the Smolensk. Uh, it is really good at deleting Smolensk's Smolensk with its AP, though, and HE. It just eats Smolensk's alive. Um, the thresh arming threshold is 39 millimeters. You have your normal fuse timer of 0 0.033 seconds. The depth explosion is one meter. Your uh, firing arcs are actually pretty good for a British ship. Uh, they're better firing backwards because, yes, this is a kiting ship. Um, they're okay firing forwards. They're just okay in general. Nothing to write home about. Uh, your torpedoes are... You have two four-tube 533mm uh, QR Mark IV torpedoes. I believe these are the torpedoes you get on the daring. Uh, just a little less range. Um, you're going to have uh, a 533 Mark IXM torpedo. Uh, I don't know what that is in Roman numerals off the top of my head. Uh, the maximum damage is going to be 16,000, so it's really really not bad. It, it does deal a decent punch. Um, it's not like Japanese levels of punchy, but it does have a decent punch to it. The reload time is a pretty quick 96 seconds. Uh, torpedo speed is a decent... Not great, 62 knots, a little on the slow side. Uh, detectability range is a little high at 1.3 kilometers, but it's it's not too bad. And the reaction time you'll get is about 8.1 seconds. Uh, you do have okay firing arcs on torpedoes, not great though. Um, and the tor torpedoes, um, they do have a range. I don't know why it says it on, doesn't say it on Waz FT. It literally doesn't say it. That is... Oh, yeah, no, it does say it. Yeah, 10 kilometer range on the torps. They are um, mostly surprise tools. I just dump them in my wake as I'm kiting. I have caught a lot of people off guard. I don't know what, what it is about the Goliath, but people seem to forget it has torpedoes. So I've had a Des Moines blunder into it. I've had, uh, was it, Bourgogne uh, blunder into them. They And they do hurt. I mean, they do 16K. It's not like these are, like, you know, your normal cruiser torps that do, like, 13k. These do 16k damage, and there are four of them, and you can ripple fire them. So, yes, they are very potent. If you hit your target, they will feel it, and that will hurt. Um, yeah, most of the ambush weapons are aerial denial weapons. You cannot stealth fire them, unfortunately, because the Goliath is just barely, uh, when you full concealment spec it, just barely uh, too large of a, you know, and concealment to stealth fire them but you could stealth fire them theoretically if the enemy is approaching you so that's why you fire them in the wake a lot um the airstrike 
Uh, you got your depth charge airstrike. It's got a pitiful six kilometer range. It's a real joke. I've had people just torpedo me from outside of my range and like your submarines and you can't even touch them. It's, it's super annoying. But if they do surface, you can one shot them with your HE. It's good to know. Um, secondary armament joke. It is a joke. Um, 7.3 kilometer main battery range, you know, uh, air defense is also no joke. Um, or not is also no joke. It is definitely no joke, but it's not is also, you know, whatever. It's no joke. Just know that it's no joke. Um, I'm not going to go through the specs cause that takes a long time, but yes, just know it's, it's very good. Uh, especially for a ship that was released pre or no post rework. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. It's, it's, it's very good. It's not quite Dutch levels, but it's very good. It's definitely no joke. Uh, carriers who hang around in your area will start to field after a little while. It's not going to stop a strike like a Dutch, like the DZP's AA will, though. The survivability on this ship is excellent. It has the highest number of hit points of any non-premium tier 10 cruiser. It even beats out the Petra Pavlovsk, uh, which does come in second, I think, by a thousand or so hit points. Uh, your fires are going to burn for a normal 30 seconds, which is strong because it doesn't classify as a supercruiser. Um, and the uh, number of fires you can have is standard 4. Probability reduction is a decent 50%. I think I don't know if it's standard or not, but it, it's 50%. DPS for fire is 176, so you get a total damage of 5,000. Let them burn. You got your super heal. Just let it burn. Fire uh, Flooding is 40 seconds. You can have two of them. Uh, prob probability is... Uh, Probability reduction is 24%. Damage reduction from torpedoes is a decent, or actually it's very good, 28%. Um, yeah, so that's like battleship levels of torpedo damage reduction. It's it's excellent. It saved me uh, numerous occasions, not numerous occasions, one occasion. It saved me on one occasion. Uh, damage per flood is going to be 5,860. 5, Your concealment for the ship of this size is actually excellent. It has a base consumer of 13.62 kilometers after firing main battery guns and smoke is 9.02 because you're big main battery guns. And when on fire, you'll be seen from 15 kilometers away. Uh, 8.73 kilometers in the air. Uh, maneuverability, you do actually have a respectable top speed of 33 knots. For a ship of this size, that's pretty fast. Um, but it's it, on the grand scheme of things, it's pretty average. You only best the Des Moines by a knot. Uh, full power forward is your standard 40 seconds. Uh, this does not get enhanced acceleration like the British light cruisers do. Full power backwards, 20 seconds. You got 4.53 horsepower per ton. Turning circle radius of 800 meters and a rudder shift time of a decent 12.5 seconds. This is slightly worse than the Napoli. Um, you, for consumables, standard damage con, 60 second duration, or 5 second duration, 60 second cooldown, unlimited charges. Uh, and your heal is where, when things get, um... Special. You have uh, two consumables base, which is less than normal, but your HP per second replaced is 2%. And it's active for 20 seconds, which is better than your 28 seconds, uh, which is less than your 28 seconds, but it means that your heal's going to act quicker, which is good. Um, and cooldown's 80 seconds. Uh, you also have a choice between defensive AA fire or uh, hydroacoustic search with a 5km detection of ships and 3.5km detection torpedoes. Take the hydro, because the AA, defensive AA is always useless on every ship you're going to play it on, except for, like, the Holland. Um, but yeah, more on the heel. It's insane. It repairs, like, 
pretty much everything. Most I forget what the specs are about your conceal, uh, not your concealment, your uh, citadel damage repair and things, but it repairs a lot of it. Just know that I once hit a Goliath on my Iowa for 47k in initial salvo, and he came back on 32k. Yeah, um, I'll share a brief anecdote. Um, so I was playing my Goliath, and I did a minor oopsies, and I found myself sitting in front of a uh, Girls of Kerfurst and a Massachusetts that were barreling down on me within secondary battery range. No, not secondary battery range of them, within my secondary battery range of them. They were within, they were within seven kilometers, yes. Um, and I accidentally overturned and, and grounded on an island, and... Yeah, I I survived. And y y yes, you you heard that right. I I survived, and me and my division mate managed to kill both of them. So yes, <laughs> yes, you heard that right. I managed to single-handedly kill the Massachusetts, basically full health, no health, and my division mate uh, helped me kill the uh, girls of Kerr first. I think I I took about I without the super heal I wouldn't have lived, but. I took off 50k from the Grossaker first, and he torped him for the rest. Or, no, it was like, what was it? I took off 45k from the Kerr first, and he torped him for the rest of his health. My, he being my division mate. So, yes, I I was down on 2,000 health, and then I hit the repair button, and it began... I, I can only imagine the feeling that the... the uh, a Massachusetts and Grossa Kerr first saw as the HE spamming cruiser that was inevitably going to kill them started regenerating health faster than they could possibly damage it and ended up coming back on like 27 or was it 27 or 32k health enough to kill them. Yes. Um, yeah. I think the Massachusetts also ate some of my torps too. So, yes. Unexpected torps. And that was also the game that I torpedoed the Des Moines. It was a very good game for me. Um,. Yeah, that it's insane. This heal is insane. Uh, I it's arguably one of the best parts of this ship and best parts of British ships in general. It's this insane damage, a repair potential. Like you can easily tank to. I would say you could probably tank about 175k damage in this ship if you do it right. Easily, the potential damage you can you can uh, rack up on this ship just is insane, especially since it has good armor. I neglect to go over that, but it's got 25 millimeters all the way around as far as uh, bound stern. Uh, spaced armor. Yes, spaced armor with the torpedo damage uh, or torpedo belt. So, yes, you will eat pens through your main belt, which is 234 millimeters thick, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, so that that is a good belt, but if even if it pens it, you... Uh, it's usually they'll explode in the torpedo belt, so unless you eat uh, pens through the nose, which sometimes happens, not that often though, I'm not really noticing that too badly with the Goliath, uh, you usually don't eat citadels, unless you're broadside, then you'll eat citadels, but angled, the ship is very tanky. It's no Napoli, but it is very tanky. It's very tanky, especially at long range. Um, so for upgrades, main, main armaments mod 1, then you're going to go with either engine room protection or damage control system modification one. I think I went with engine room protection because this is a kiting ship you'd like to remain on the move at all times. Um, main battery uh, modification uh, two, you don't really need in uh, upgrade slot three because you already have an 18 second um, uh, traverse time. 
which is crazy. And if you take that, you'll just get down to a 15 second traverse time. And since you can't even fire that fast if you rotate your guns all the way around uh, to the other side, you will, uh, you just won't need it. So take aiming systems mod one, then you're gonna wanna take either damage control system mod two or steering gears mod one. I took steering gears mod one. You're gonna take concealment systems mod one then, and you're gonna take range uh, modification or yeah, gunfire control systems modification two to extend your main battery range because this is a kiting ship and you need that extra range to remain competitive. Um, yeah, 16.8 kilometers is not enough. And people are like, well, take main battery mod three. And it's like, it's built for it because uh, even though you have an 18 second, or even though it takes um, your uh, traverse time down by a little bit, it your traverse time will only be 20 seconds then. Yes, that's true but your reload time is only gonna go down to 16 seconds. Two seconds really doesn't matter all that much. And I argue the range is far more useful. It is far more useful than main battery mod three. So yes, take the range, don't let them deceive you and think you should take main battery mod three. Range is way, 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 way more useful. Then for commander, you're gonna take gun feeder, then you're gonna take priority target, adrenaline rush, and then concealment expert, and then you're gonna come back around and take superintendent first because they get that extra super heal, so you can bump it up to three. Then eh, it's really up to you. Some people take frappability expert just because it gets you up past 60,000 to 63,000. I don't personally. Uh, you could take top grade gunner. Uh, you could take, you could go for lighthouse and take every heavy HE and uh, sap shells. I wouldn't though. Um, definitely take Demolition Expert if you'd like, or if you want that extra fire chance. Um, yeah, and I mean, there's really not too many things this, this thing needs. It's really not heavy on the, you know, skill size, or skill side of it. So, you could take Consumable Specialist too, and then just take, like, Last Stand or something. Or you could take, uh, Focus Fire Training if you wanted, um or if you wanted uh, more AA, or you could take uh, consumable enhancements. Uh, consumable specialist is the tier one skill, consumable enhancements is the tier two skill, or two point skill, I should say. So you could take that. So for a 21 point commander build, um, gun feeder, priority target, superintendent, concealment, adrenaline rush, consumables enhancements, demo expert, and top grade gunner. For a 10 point build, you're gonna uh, wanna take um, gun feeder, uh, priority target, uh, adrenaline rush, and concealment expert. So I'm going to put up that 21 point build again. And then, so with all your modifications, your main battery gun range is going to be 19.49 kilometers, which is respectable for the tier. Uh, with uh, top grade gunner active, you're going to have a 17.02 seconds uh, reload time. Oh, I just realized I forgot to put on flags. So flags, Juliet Charlie, uh, India Yankee, Juliet Yankee Bissotu, India Delta, Sierra Mike, November Foxtrot, Victor Lima, India X-Ray. So basically, you're going to go for fire chance, healing potential, uh, speed, concealment or consumable reload, preventing the magazine from detonating, and then just reducing fire and flooding. So basically what that's going to do for you... Um, I mean, yeah, so your fire chance is going to go up to 27%, 27%, uh, and you're basically going to cause a fire every salvo, pretty much, um, almost four 
just shy of four fires per minute. And yes, it's not uncommon to to hit two fires per salvo. It does happen. Sometimes you get three. I think I've hit four once. Uh, very unfortunate for the person I hit. Uh, your uh, your torpedoes won't be modified, but um, your survivability will be in that your fire duration is only 24 seconds now, um, and so it's reduced it to 4,000 damage per fire. Flooding is 32 seconds, and then reduced it to 4,600 damage per fire. Your concealment is down to 11.03 kilometers, just one kilometer outside of the torpedo range. Um, which is decent for a ship of this size. Uh, your maneuverability, you're up to a speed of 34.6 knots. Uh, your rudder shift time has decreased to a respectable 10 seconds. Uh, your heel has a 2.4% uh, HP per second uh, recovery rate. A consumable action time remains 20 seconds. The reload time is now just 76 seconds, and the number of consumables is increased to 3. And your damage control now is a 57 second cooldown time. I think that's everything I teach. Oh, and adrenaline rush if you have a 50% uh, health remaining. You're going to be rocking a 15 second reload. And if you have a 25% health remaining, which in this ship is, uh, or a 15% health remaining. Or no, we'll go back up to 25. 25% health remaining, you'll be rocking a 14.47 second reload. Which is very good for a ship that can output damage like this ship can. So yes, I I really do love this ship. It's amazing. Uh, it's it's a ship I don't regret grinding. Um, yeah, it it's fun to play. It's not that hard to play. It really isn't. I mean, to play very well, it is hard to play because I mean, if if you don't play it right, you can eat lots of armor-piercing pen damage. You probably won't get citadel, especially at long range, but you you'll definitely eat pen damage. And if you go broadside, you will get citadel. And this thing's not close quarters combat. It's not a petro. Um, yeah, it's fun to play. Basically, what you're gonna do, it, it you're gonna play it like a Zaur and Adigo. Like if you watch Euro's video on how to play an Adigo, you're you're just gonna you're gonna come up to a flank. You're gonna support your destroyers right in the cap, and then you're gonna see what's gonna pop up on the other uh, on the enemy team. And if there's a lot of battleships, you're gonna use an island to turn around behind the island or behind a smoke screen undetected, if possible. If it's at all possible, unless you're on ocean, then then sometimes it's not. Uh, but wait to go undetected or turn behind an island. Uh, turn around, get in the kiting position, half speed, quarter speed, throttle juking. Um, occasionally, usually you just kind of, I use my rudder mostly to turn, uh, and, uh, juke. I find that throttle juking can be difficult sometimes, especially in a ship that doesn't have great acceleration like this or a speed boost. Um, yeah, so usually you're rudder juking, uh, applying the WAST hacks, and then you, you're just going to keep firing and firing and firing. And what's nice about this is this ship allows you to analyze the situation around you in between firing because you have to wait nearly 20 seconds for a reload. So you fire and then look around you, see what's going on, see what's moving where, what needs to be killed, what can be set on fire. Uh, your first priority, set stuff on fire, then start pick a target, do damage to it. Or you could just pick a target and do damage to it, but I find it effective to at least set things on fire, maybe trigger some damage cons, and just, you know, it only takes two salvos to get someone to trigger their damage con, because then they, especially if you stop targeting them, which is a trick I use, you stop targeting them, they think you're looking somewhere else, and then they pop their damage con. And then you wait for the damage con to stop, and then you set them on fire again. So, yeah, I, that's a trick I've used. Um, 
it's a bit niche because some people look at you and see that you, their turrets are pointing, uh, your turrets are pointing their way and will not fall for it, but some, and it doesn't work on people who don't have priority target, but people who do have priority target will think that you're, oh, you're no longer targeting them. They're, you're targeting something behind them or um, something somewhere else, and uh, they will pop their damage gun. I've used it a few times. Um, and then, yeah, when the time is right, when the enemy team starts turning around, that's when you turn around and push. You can't wait to push in this ship because you have the super heal, you can take a lot of damage. You need to turn around, push right away, and push your advantage because otherwise you end up kiting in the back of the map. The other team realizes that you're not going to capitalize on the push because, let's face it, World of Warships, um, people aren't going to push unless you set an example for them. Uh, so you're going to push. And then, obviously, if things go sour, find an island, go to undetected, something like that. Turn around, dump torps, and kite. That's basically what the playstyle this is. Um, weaknesses in this ship. Rear, rear turrets. Around the rear turrets, there's kind of a lapse in the armor plating and the spaced armor, I believe. And you can uh, usually get a little bit of a cheeky shot into the citadel or the transom stern. Yes, what a transom stern is essentially when the ship, uh, you know, bio's pointy, right? It'd be hydrodynamic and stuff, right? Well, the stern doesn't have to be hydrodynamic, so a lot of things, or a lot of uh, nations and different uh, shipyards make a transom stern. Transom stern is just a flat stern, literally, it looks like you cut it, like from a, like a block of cheese or something like that. The problem is, is this is an angled, so no ricochet checks are ever going to be performed on this, especially if you're just directly stern in to the enemy ships. So you will get blasted through the stern in this thing if your stern is directly pointed at the enemy. This happened, uh, I've done it to en enemy ships, and I think once or twice it's happened to me when I'm in the process of, like, dodging, or I just, I screw up my WASD hacks and get, you know, just absolutely smacked through the stern. Uh, yeah, that is the biggest weakness of the ship, is the, the rear armor is not super great broad, or not, none of the armor is great broadside, but the, but the rear armor and the transom stern, not great, the weak spot there, right? And then a, a little bit, like, if you hit the deck above, like, just after the rear turrets, especially when it's kiting, sometimes you can get a cheeky shot in the citadel, although that's not necessarily a weakness, I should say, uh, but the transom stern is a weakness, so. If, if the Goliath is showing you the transom stern, shoot there, don't try to go for the belt, because you will bounce off the belt. I believe this also has like a 34 millimeter deck, I think. So, 34, 38 millimeter deck. So, it is pretty tanky in that respect. Uh, I think it's got a 38 millimeter deck. Uh, so, yeah, it, c it can tank uh, you know, battleship caliber shells and things. Um, but pointed to the enemy, though, you really have to be careful with your bow pointed to the enemy because uh, it is only a 25 millimeter bow, and every battleship at your tier can overmatch that. It's no Des Moines where you can tank Cristoforo Colombo and Bogonia shells. Um, yeah, so it's it's a fun ship to play. I highly recommend grinding to it. It is the most underrated tier 10 ship, in my opinion. Um, yeah, so that is the Goliath for you. Uh, that is it for this episode of Rank Amateur. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, please feel free to email me at rankamateurpodcast at gmail.com. I welcome your suggestions, concerns, questions, anything like that. Um, yeah, and that is it for today. So until next time, captains. Captains.